everybody. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Legion podcast where we're here to talk NFL fantasy football. I am one of your hosts, Mark, and with me as always, because this is only our third show. Oh, I was going to say Clay. Oh my gosh. Oh, geez. Jake, what's up, man? (laughs) Good morning, Mark. How you doing? Good, man. Oh, geez. Well, I have allergies. You have allergies too, so we're both a mess. Yeah, I've been eating sand all week, so... Eating sand, uh, is, that like, like is that a phrase? No, no, no. It just sounds like I've been eating sand all week. Oh, okay. I didn't, know if that's like some, and... I didn't know if no. that's some Cali lingo. <laughs> like eating sand or like, or, you know, I have a, a frog in my throat. And like, that's a lot of people say that here. So I didn't, no. geez, that's weird. Anyways, no, no. <laughs> we, we talk, we talk fantasy football. We're uh, just yeah. a couple of guys. We love, uh, we love the NFL. We love fantasy football. Uh, we're both a part of, if you haven't heard our first couple of shows, you know, we're in more multiple leagues and we kind of just wanted to talk about, uh, well, mainly recapping some of week two, not really necessarily the news kind of stuff, but sometimes the news sprinkles into some of our decision making. So we like to talk about some of the surprises, uh, some of these waiver wire pickups that you might want to look into, uh, some of the must starts and who did we have a lot of hype for or expectations and they completely let us down in week two and hopefully they can you know, boost it back up now going into week three. Uh, so before we get into specific players, any any good games? Did you watch any good games? Oh, yeah. I mean, there was a lot of really great games this past week. Um, obviously, you know, this is Saturday morning. Um, one of the games that really surprised me actually was this past Thursday night game. Technically, it's week three, but the Jaguars and the Titans game. How about the mustache? You know, Gardner Minshew coming in and taking over in Jacksonville. That is, uh, that, that, that's I'm a, loving it. That's a cool story. I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. It's, it's, it's one thing to, you know, have an injury, which you never want to see an injury to a starting quarterback. Well, well you don't want to see an injury like that to anybody, especially season season ending. Uh, it's it's just it's crazy how so far you've had Andrew Luck on his own decision. Uh, Big Ben now. I mean, we got Cam Newton. Well, he's out this week for week three. Um, I mean, who else have we lost now? Nick Foles uh, we've lost. Um, uh, Drew Brees is out for six Drew, weeks. Drew Brees is his, with, his, uh, with his thumb. Um, oh, Sam Darnold with mono. So it, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's when you're seeing a situation, let's just say, I mean, we'll see how Teddy Bridgewater steps up. We'll see how Mason Rudolph steps up. But Garden Minshew, he's actually done a really a really good job filling in for Foles. If anything, yeah. I think that he's actually doing the kind of production you would expect from Foles. Exactly. But, but he and, ha- but he happens to run. Yeah, and uh, the way he is able to, you know, those clutch plays. You know, obviously they get the ball at the seven yard line off the muff punt. You know, but he's put, if you watch the throws he's making, he's got some dime throws. He would have had a third touchdown. Um, if it wasn't dropped, I forget if it was D, uh, DJ Chark or Westbrook. Um, oh no, it was it was it was Chark. Cause it was Char- Chark. Chark is actually one of my. He's one of my fantasy pickups. I was I was really, I was really happy. Whenever you see like a backup quarterback, you kind of have to be on a lookout for who his number one's going to be. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, you have. Mason Rudolph, yeah, that doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to have his that same kind of chemistry with Juju. I mean, Rudolph played college with James Washington. James Washington. And they looked great in the preseason. They did look great in the preseason. Also, you got to think about it. Usually, Big Ben is playing with the number ones, number twos. 
The number ones really in Pittsburgh, if you've been looking at it, is Juju, uh, for some reason, Dante Moncrief, uh, Moncrief, for some reason, Switzer. I mean, those are like the guys. I'm sure Big Ben has had some snaps with Washington because, again, Washington was a second-round pick. But I can see even in practice, Rudolph and Washington constantly working together. So when I saw DJ Chark have a really uh, a really big game with... Uh, with Minshaw, I actually picked up Chark and Monk. Um, no, I was going to say Moncrief and Chris Conley because I was kind of curious. Go. I'm like, oh man, what's this going to be? But I've seen that Chark has been the touchdown guy. Mm-hmm. So a touchdown I, in all three games. Exactly. So, so he's been for week two and week three. He's been a big a big factor for me. And this week, he he gave me so far for one player 17 and a half points. Um, the one thing I do have an uphill battle though because my opponent has Calais Campbell. <laughs> and Calais Ooh. Campbell had a monster three sacks, which in my league is the equivalent of a touchdown. Every tackle is two points, or one point if it's an assisted tackle. And he had seven quarterback hits, which is, I, be- I believe in my league, like two or three points. So Calais Campbell had 43 points all by himself. <laughs> Holy. <laughs> he cut through that offensive line like a hot knife through butter. It looked like they weren't even there. I mean, he was tearing the left guard, the the, ta- the guard, the tackle, he was just pushing through everybody. Uh it was it was almost like uh, like a cheat code, almost like like a you just put the 99 overall Yeah, 90, 99 end. everything. You just edited yeah. him and you turned him into the greatest. <laughs> I mean, uh another game Saxonville's back. Saxonville is back. I mean, they they looked good. I mean, honestly, even the Steelers game, the Steelers-Seahawks game, I thought that it was going to be, once Big Ben was out, I thought it was going to be a blowout. But Rudolph, again, the defense is not prepared for Rudolph, and they don't know what kind of quarterback he is, so you can always... There's always that, you know, that backup magic, the backup QB magic in that game, or sometimes even the next game. That's one of the reasons why Matt Moore still has a job for some reason, because whenever (laughs) he plays that one game, he looks amazing. But then they start him against the Steelers, like in the playoffs with the Dolphins, and he gets smacked because he, he's he shouldn't be he should be a quarterback, uh, like you know a second or third stringer. Um, a game that actually I enjoyed Falcons and Eagles. Okay, I mean it was a turnover. It was it was ugly, but I don't know why those are they're just those are just two teams that just don't like each other. So it was, it's always it's interesting to see it, especially I had so much in the line because if you've heard our show in the past. I was talking about if in fantasy would you trade <laughs> would you trade Zach Ertz for Miles Mack and Austin Hooper? And I don't know if we ever made the decision. I don't even remember if on the show I said I told you if I made the trade, but I accepted it. So that game was driving me crazy seeing Zach Ertz get sixteen targets. Um Yeah, I, I remember la- um I actually was for the trade um last week when you asked about it. So oh, I th- um, that's right. I, I think you said that Hooper made it a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, um, he he is one of the top ten tight ends. Well, he was coming into the year. Um, I haven't really looked, ha- really had a look at his production. I don't have him on any of my teams. Um, hasn't done anything really to stand out to me. But um, you said he's gotten about ten points. You know, and I mentioned ten points a game for my tight end. I'm happy with that. I'm okay with that. I haven't got ten points from any of my tight ends this year. So yeah. So uh, <laughs> in, in regards to this, were there what were one of the players that surprised you in week two that you would consider? Either if they're on everybody's team, okay. But if not, do you have any kind of like surprises that might not be on somebody's team? Maybe a waiver wire pickup. 
Um, yeah, actually, I don't think I mentioned most of mine with you before, but I don't know if I mentioned this one. Somebody that I kind of had counted out and dismissed based off of how he was kind of passed around. Um, but Carlos Hyde, last week against Jacksonville, Oof. he was given the ball 20 times, but he had uh, you know 90 rushing yards with that 4.5 yards per carry. Um, and that was, you know, like I said, I kind of dismissed him. I kind of thought Duke Johnson was going to take over in Texas, uh, I mean Houston. But, you know, Carlos Hyde looked like he can still play the ball. Yeah, and, he, you know, this week – go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. I'm saying that he was a surprise because that was a guy that he's actually still floating around on my league. And I was like, no, nah, man, he looked so bad last year. But he, he, he has looked he has looked pretty good this year. And I, and I think that maybe that must have been like a wake-up call for him. Yeah, and I mean, this week he's got another chance to really, you know, make some uh, make a name for himself because he's going up against the Los Angeles Chargers, who are very vulnerable against the run. So that's someone else. To, I mean, if you're looking to maybe pick someone up, if you need a, a third running back or you know a flex play, uh, you know, Carlos Hyde's probably like you said, he's probably floating around in a lot of leagues still. I mean, Carlos uh, Carlos Hyde's a good one. I think on, on the one that not a lot of people are picking up is, and it's actually a nice story, is uh, Devin Smith with the Dallas Cowboys. A lot of people are now with uh, Gallup getting hurt, and I believe he's having surgery. Um, I mean, they're going up against an, a, a tanking Miami Dolphins team. So you <laughs> know that that and, – and now they've gotten rid of one of their better defensive players with Minka Fitzpatrick trading him over to the Pittsburgh Steelers. So that that secondary is going to be even worse. Rashad Jones is, has already been ruled out. Uh, so, I mean, that's that's going to that's gonna hurt. So when you're looking at a team where, again, Dak Prescott, he, he's been passing a lot more this year than he has in the past. And looking at a team, I mean, Devitt Smith, again, he's had a injury-riddled career. And it's, it was a nice story to see him come back, three catches, 74 yards. Yes, one of them was a 51-yard catch with a TD. But a lot of people are putting him into that, you know, that slot where, the the Cowboys had Michael Gallup uh, previously, so they're expecting a lot of people are putting him, put him as your flex, your wide receiver three. So they're expecting a, a lot of big things from Devin Smith. So um, it's a nice story, and I'm digging it. But a player that surprised me, uh, Mark Andrews. Again, this was a, this was this was another yeah. big week by Lamar Jackson. Clearly, he's he's out to prove something, and I I, I think that there was one, I think it was like a former GM. I want to say, I, I don't know if it was just like a, an NFL expert or if it was like a former GM that they were saying that Lamar and Patrick Mahomes are going to be the new Brady, Peyton Manning. And it was a little hyperbolic, but in, in this day and age, this, this style of NFL, I can see it if this is what Lamar Jackson is. Again, he has played the Dolphins and they played, it was the Giants. So two really bad defenses. But we will have to see. I mean, you you can only play what's in front of you, and he did he exceeded what he was supposed to do. So Mark Andrews, tight end, eight receptions, 112 <laughs> yards, and a TD. I mean, he had a monster game, and I was and I actually had the opportunity in, of getting Andrews instead of Austin Hooper in the trade. And I'm like Andrews, no, I'm not going to get Andrews. Like that's not that doesn't make any sense. Um, and at least on if we're going by a week uh, basis. Of course, fantasy football's a whole season. But going on that, I was like, ooh, man, did I just miss out on something? Yeah, he's definitely looking like he could easily become, you know, the tight end four, maybe even three, if, um, you know, depending on if one of those top three tight ends, ha you know, has a, a regressive year. 
Uh, Mark Andrews looks like he can, you know, he's going to break out and easily be one of the top tight end targets when it comes to fantasy football. And, and especially with Lamar Jackson being a guy that can run. I mean, he's one of those guys that can always just go to the outside while, you know, Jackson is just being there as a, as a blocker. But right when he's about to get hit, he can always just go out and get that little pass. I mean, that happens several times and then he goes out. I mean, he's he's somebody to look at, but I'm pretty sure after a crazy game that he had last week, I'm pretty sure he's been picked up by most waiver claims in the leagues that he was not. But you never know; you might be in the league with idiots and that that they haven't uh, that they haven't looked at him yet. But who's who's another guy on your radar? Um, well, real quick before we move on, 120 rushing yards from Lamar Jackson this past week. That's just rushing yards. That's freaking crazy. I told you he's a running back on top of a quarterback. It's crazy. I love it. I oh, love no, no. I, I love that. That's, but see, that doesn't surprise me. What surprised me was Lamar Jackson in week one going going off with like 400 passing yards and like five TDs. That surprises me. Now, 400 yards if he did it with his legs and his arms? Okay, because that game against the Dolphins, he only had one carry for like three yards. That's surprising. Yeah. So he was more of the norm, this one, but still with great passing numbers. I still love it. I love it. I'm going to be so excited. That's the game of the week for me is Ravens versus Chiefs because, like you mentioned, the Peyton Manning-Brady uh, rivalry comparison. But um, moving on, my other surprise for the week, and uh, I say this with a somber heart as a Raider fan, and it takes a lot for me to admit it, but Matt Breida from the 49ers looked pretty damn good last week. I had, uh, him, know, I had him on mine as well. 12 carries, yeah, 121. You know, Oh, 10.1 yards per carry. Uh, you know, bear in mind it was against a uh, awful, awful Cincinnati defense. But still, I mean, Matt Breida is looking like a solid RB1 if he's going to put up numbers like that. And, you know, he didn't get away with the touchdown, but he's up against Pittsburgh this week, who is another team that is not looking very strong on defense. So it's someone that could definitely have a lot of potential this week. Yeah, he he can. I mean, I'm I'm curious to see because the thing with the Steelers is that they have so much young talent. But right now, I think I think it's Conley is like their defensive coordinator. He's just been putting them in like just these horrible spots. Like it, it's it's just it's looked really bad. But I'm I'm surprised. I mean, the the 49ers have like a sneaky good offense. Like Kyle it, Shanahan's it, making those two running backs look very fantasy relevant. Even Raheem Mostert, I actually picked him up off waivers this week. I, I'm hesitant on playing him based off my run back situation, but I'm, I'm definitely going to holster I mean, he, a... he's somebody to keep. I think that most are, what helped him is that he had like that 34 catch and run, like that mm-hmm. 30, 40 yard catch and run for the TD. That definitely helps boost your numbers because but outside of that, I don't really think he was that much of a factor, but I, with a team like the, the Steelers that do love to blitz, I can kind of see that these are two running backs that will be featured very heavily because besides George Kittle, I mean, Marquise Goodwin, that's not really a name. They're they're definitely playing from the inside out. That's their mm-hmm. offense. Well, that's kind of the Shanahan way anyways. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Breda was somebody on my list. Uh, somebody else, which will hurt you as a Raider fan. Uh, ah. uh, Demarcus Robinson. I don't know where the hell that came from. Uh, I mean, well, it came from Patrick Mahomes, but... <laughs> I mean that Shoot. that game with the Raiders. I think it was like ten nothing in the first quarter, and I was like, "Dude, yeah. this is man, the freaking Raiders. They're actually like they look really good." And then the second quarter happened, and then it was the cheat code where Pat Patrick Mahomes just does not throw an incomplete, and he throws five like three or four bombs, and it was 
they're so perfectly it's kind of like unfair you're not supposed to be that good six completions in a row each one over 25 yards no no it's five of them were over 30 it's disgusting and having like demarcus robinson and even hardman they were they surprised the hell out of me but it was really demarcus robinson when you're talking about six receptions 172 yards and two tds I mean, this is coming off Sammy Watkins having a monster game. It's it, it's kind of crazy how sometimes you see a superstar go down and you actually get to see more balance. And it's actually scarier because when that superstar comes back and now it's a more balanced attack, it just makes everybody else that much more dangerous. And, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I as, a, as a Patriot fan, I was feeling very confident. Um, with the Patriots, even though they looked amazing with the Steelers without Antonio Brown, adding somebody like Antonio Brown, you were like, oh, okay. It's kind of like a moral conundrum because you know that guy's just a horrible person. (laughs) But (laughs) as just a selfish fan, you're like, dude, I have Antonio Brown. And he looked really good not really knowing the system. Again, it was against the Dolphins. But, I mean, you know. one game he didn't need him, but. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um so it was kind of like I was like, man, okay, I I still feel kind of good going up against the Chiefs, like if they if because this kind of seems like the inevitable AFC Championship game, um, but then you see a game like this and you're like, Demarcus Watkins, what? I mean, Tyreek mm. Hill is hurt. There's no Kareem Hunt. What is happening? No, they're just all better. It's nope, it's nope. it seems really unfair. Um, now since you took Matt Breida from me, uh, biggest letdown. Alvin Kamara. Well, actually, both of us. We chose probably 99.99% of the probably... No, I'll say 90 because I think a lot of people were probably choosing Saquon Barkley number one. But if you were going either Saquon Barkley, Alvin Kamara, or Christian McCaffrey, you were not going wrong with the start of your, your fantasy team. But I will say that for week two, if you were an owner of Alvin Kamara... And Christian McCaffrey, I'm sure you... Hopefully you guys still won. But if not, those two are probably two of the big ones to blame. And it's they just they just did not have a good game. I mean, Alvin Kamara, no. 13 carries, 45 yards, had one reception. I think McCaffrey had maybe one more catch. Maybe two. Well, yeah, just two receptions for 16 yards and 16 carries for 37 yards for McCaffrey. Uh, not And that was against Tampa, uh, you know. Tampa defense got beat out by San Francisco week one, and then they come in and just work. I mean, Cam Newton does go out, uh, you know, but are you are you hurt. worried? Are you worried as if you were a Christian McCaffrey owner for this week with the Carolina Panthers now not having Cam Newton? Do you think that this is going to be a Cleveland Brown against the Jets where they're just blitzing? This was. It felt like I was watching Madden and they were just engaging eight <laughs> rushing because Luke Falk, uh, I don't even know if his first name's Luke, but Falk, whatever his name is, mm-hmm. he he had absolutely no time to make a play where it just felt like he was either rushing and and Le'Veon Bell had like 20 carries for 40, like 50 yards. He was like two and a half yards a carry. Or, I mean, for PPR purposes, it was great because he was getting so many screen cap passes. But for like barely to like little to no yardage. So do you see receptions? Yeah. So do you see McCaffrey actually having one of those kind of games? You know what? It's gonna be 
because I had, you know, McCaffrey as my number one flop just based off how his week one production was the number one running back in fantasy football and PPR scoring. And then he drops to scoring seven points. The only thing that concerns me, I'll go ahead and go to my, you know, bounce back player of the week, as I think Kamara will actually do better based off of the fact that he's had all week to practice with his quarterback, where the Panthers kind of only made that announcement later in the week about um, Kyle Allen starting as quarterback. But the one thing I will give them the benefit of the doubt, they're going against an Arizona defense that hasn't looked the strongest. Um, so I, I will say maybe McCaffrey has a chance. Um, whereas, you know, Teddy Bridgewater and the Saints have had all week to kind of practice and game plan. They have, um, so- but it, it always, when you're playing in Seattle against a Seattle defense that looks to be, I mean, they're not Legion of Boom, but boom. they're still, and playing in that stadium can be very, can be very difficult. I can see this being a tougher game for Kamara, uh, more than McCaffrey, mainly just because at least Christian McCaffrey um, is going up against what I believe to be a weaker Arizona Cardinals team. Um, Without a doubt. But it could be, and and now I don't see this game being a game that's going to be too, you know, with Cam, I mean, Cam has not looked good at all. Uh, it could be the injury, but Cam has been kind of pretty average for the last three to four years. I know with the shoulder injuries, I mean, the Panthers haven't really helped Cam. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I am, I'm one of those that I can kind of see the Carolina Panther game being a little bit closer where McCaffrey might have to make more big plays where I can see the Saints getting absolutely smoked by the Seahawks. Yeah, I mean, uh, that definitely is a better game script for McCaffrey. But I just worry about, you know, the quarterback with the quarterback situation. I I don't know much about Kyle Allen at all. You know, Teddy Bridgewater has had experience, you know, starting for teams before. So I'm hoping they will have a better chemistry than, you know, Kyle Allen coming in, who was just announced, I think it was Thursday or Friday as the starting quarterback, you know, because they finally admitted that Cam's hurt after denying it all year long, after his mediocre at best performance. So if you were to say, I am looking to, it's a must start. This is a must start for week three. I don't, man, I wish I wish I kept my notes. I know one of them that I said was a Derek Carr. I think I had Derek Carr, Marlon Mack, and both of them were not great choices. <laughs> So mm. I don't really know how I feel about this because I'm actually going. I actually am choosing two Tampa Bay Buck players. Uh, one of them is Mike Evans. I think that Mike Evans. I mean the 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 Giants defense has been getting torched both in passing and in rushing, and I think that when you have a player like a Mike Evans, yes, uh, Jameis Winston has developed more as of right now a a good chemistry with. Uh, Chris Godwin, which for me, selfishly, as a person that has Godwin in two fantasy leagues, I'm enjoying that. And I'm really happy to see him in the slot. It looks like Adam Humphreys leaving and going to Tennessee has been a great thing for Godwin. Uh, but I, I think that sooner or later, Mike Evans is going to be wanting, he's going to be demanding more, more, more opportunities, more targets. And I think that when you're playing a team that's not good, and this is going to be the first start, for Daniel Jones with Eli officially getting benched, I can kind of see where the Bucks might have a lot of opportunities because I can envision 
a lot of three and outs, you know, a lot of quick, a lot of quick series. And also Peyton Barber. I mean, the Giants defense has allowed 240 yards and four TDs to the running backs in the first two games where that kind of just seems anybody that owns Peyton Barber. I feel that that's, it's a, it's a no brainer because right now, I mean, Peyton Barber in his last game, he did score a touchdown, had 84 yards, I believe of rushing. I know it's really scary to say like, man, I'm, I'm saying two must starts are Tampa Bay Buck players. But at this point, Mike Evans has to get to that point where it's worth it. And I think that this weak Giants defense is, you know, is going to be, will be that breakout that the, the Bucks that the Bucks need, offensively at least. I 100% agree with you. He was actually one of, Mike Evans was one of my three must starts for the week. Uh, purely for the fact that, you know, he was a lot of people's wide receiver one during the draft. If you started off getting a running back, more than likely, you know, Mike Evans was available as your first pickup for a wide receiver. And New York Giants are actually the third worst defense uh, against the wide receiver this year in the fantasy. So I think Mike Evans, this is his game that he's going to show that he's worth that, you know, second round draft capital. And he's really got to prove himself this week. Cool. Well, uh, I, I, I kind of went double doozy with Evans and Peyton Barber considering they're on the same team. So who else did you yeah. have? Um, one of somebody that I think is actually a surprise and another person that a lot of people have counted out just for the, the pure fact that he's been in the league for 30 something years, sarcastically, but uh, Frank Gore this week against the Bengals, uh, Devin Singletary has been ruled out officially as of yesterday. So f- that means Frank Gore is going to get a huge increase in touches. Um, you know, we've got TJ Yeldon in the backfield who might get a couple of receptions, but he's never been known for a running back who can carry the ball, um, you know, out of the backfield. Um, they're going up against Cincinnati, who is the number one worst team against the running back. Um, you know, last week, uh, Gore had 19 carries for 68 yards and a touchdown. I can see him doing, getting a 20 plus touches and, you know, maybe two touchdowns this week, at least one. I, I definitely think he's going to have a hell of a game, um, especially for the, the fact that, you know, Singletary is going to be out and he's going to have an increased workload this week against the worst defense against the rushing running back. No, I hear you. So in, in that regard here, when you're with seeing Singletary being out and now having – going up against a Bengals team that, as you just mentioned, is one of the worst. Where do you put somebody like John Brown or Zay Jones, Cole Beasley? Do you do you think that they're anywhere in st- – because Josh Allen has looked a lot better this – I mean, you when you think Josh Allen, you would think like he would be the reason why you're losing games. But he's actually on top of a pretty decent, you know, above-average defense. He's done enough to be th- actually the reason why they're winning. Um, so – what do you would you kind of consider like any of them? Oh, let me tell you. In my out of my three leagues, yeah. I start. I'm starting Josh Allen for the third week in a row as one of my quarterbacks. Uh, John Brown, I am starting as a wide receiver, and I'm actually since I am punishing Devonta Freeman's two poor, dismal at best performances. I am actually playing Frank Gore as well as one of my starting running backs because I think he's going to have a great week against Cincinnati. So I'm playing three on between my three teams. I'm playing all starting all three of those players. Nice between John Brown, Josh Allen, and Frank Gore. Good deal. So um, yeah, so then my last my last uh, must start is I think that this is going to be the game where Julian Edelman finally goes off. I think that yeah. there's been. 
there's been enough time, I think, between the preseason with his thumb, and I think that that could be part of the factor that his thumb hasn't just been completely healed, but it's been good enough to play, and that's why he has been able to play. But I also think with Josh Gordon uh, you know, being reinstated in the beginning of week four of the preseason to them signing Antonio Brown, which was a surprise to many, uh, I think that Tom Brady has been trying to get a feel and getting those acclimated to the system when they know what they have with Edelman and if and also it doesn't hurt that both games have been blow they've blew them out where there's no point on really having to get Edelman to the point where they really need him to be that guy to catch 80 passes in a game because that's kind of like that's his been his mo same thing with James White James White is somebody that I also have in one of my leagues as a starter and he has not been what I've needed him to be uh, and that's mainly just because of the success that they have had so far offensively. The Patriots are notoriously not great September starters. And if you ever want to play the Patriots, it's normally you want to play them in September because they they always they only get tougher. Right now, it looks like they have not lost playoff form. So no. with a New York Jets, I am expecting the Patriot player like Tom Brady, for me, I believe, is a must-start this year in, in this game because I think he is going to blow up. Against the Jets, it's a division rival. The Patriots tend to be a little bit more ruthless against rivals, and I think that this is going to be one of those games. But I, I, I can envision Julian Edelman doing enough in just the first half where it will equal to value whatever he was being projected for. Which I believe right now, depending on the league, if I'm going right now looking at my roster where I have Julian Edelman, I believe that they have him projected at. You would think that I would have popped this up beforehand. Uh, let's see. Julian, he's projected to have 19, 19 points. So yeah. they, they're they expecting a, you know, a, a 10 catch or, you know, eight catches for, you know, 80, 90 yards in a TD. And you're, you know, you're getting your 19. So they're expecting a big game. I'm expecting a big game. And. You know, I'm I'm hoping so because in all th- all four of my games, I am projected to lose. Ooh, but aren't you in first place in the CBL league? I am, but I, I was pro- I was projected to lose by maybe ten points. But you know, I've just been. I mean, I I think the Patriots defense. I I have the Patriots defense in two leagues, and when they score thirty seven points, you don't get mm-hmm. that in defense. I mean, two pick sixes, seven sacks. I mean, it was. It was a great time to have the Patriots defense, and I'm actually hoping that going up against a really bad Jets offense without a, a you know with against a third string quarterback, I'm hoping for a little bit of the same. But Absolutely. you know, time time will tell on that one. No, I, I hear you. Um, I'll go ahead and move on to my last must start of the week. Um, it's actually a quarterback, and it's someone that I've kind of didn't really. It's not really a huge sought after what well we sought after quarterback and it's Matthew Stafford out of the Detroit Lions shouts out to Fred I know you're a Lions fan this might make you happy but I think Matthew Stafford will go off this week it it, Um, it shouldn't make him happy because he has he has denounced his fandom towards Detroit so he better not he better not jump into that bandwagon of being a a Lions fan if they go two and one I'm not I'm not forgetting our messages all right. That oh, we'll, we'll Fred, that you Fred. can't denounce the team, man. No, he's he's been looking. He's been he's a free agent right now. I don't care what he says. Well, then this one's for my grandpa. He's from he's from Michigan. This is for my grandpa. 
<laughs> no, in all seriousness, uh, Matthew Stafford's going up against the Philly defense, who has given up the second most passing yards this year. It's 680, only second to my impressive Raiders defense. Um, but the Lions have actually, with Matthew Stafford, given, um, passed for the sixth most yards, 606. So I'm expecting a really good game from Matthew Stafford. We've got Kenny Galladay out wide, who's being, you know, lights out. You know, he's been one of the top 10 receivers this year. He's doing great. Um, but with an asterisk, obviously, uh, Matt Ryan was slinging the ball like crazy last week, like you mentioned. Uh, he threw three interceptions against this Philly defense. And Stafford threw two against the Chargers defense. So that's something to keep an eye on if the turnovers might be there. Um, but Matthew Stafford has been, you know, slinging the ball. He's got TJ Hawkinson also. Marvin Lewis is still there. Um so, you know, that's someone you might want to watch out. Might have a really good game. Matthew Stafford's currently the number nine quarterback in fantasy football right now. Yeah, which, which is usually more of the same with Matt. I mean, he's 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 usually there, but it's too bad fantasy production sometimes doesn't always correlate to wins in actual, exactly. you know, in, in what really matters. Um, but, yeah, that's actually going to wrap up the show, I believe. We got, we got yes, all sir. our players. Um with that being said, uh, one thing that's really cool that we wanted to announce here with the Fantasy Football Legion is that we've actually uh, joined up with another Legion, and this just so happens to be the Nerdy Legion. We have joined the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. It's you know a great group there. There's tons of podcasts there for all your nerd delight. I, I, I didn't do all my research to see, but I actually think we're maybe the only sports show on that network, which is kind of cool. Um, so yeah, if you can just always go ahead and go check out the guys at nerdylegion.com. click on podcast. You can see all the groups there. You will see us, our fantasy football Legion podcast. You'll also see, uh, my show that I do with clay with the comic book Legion podcast on top of everybody else on that team. Um, happy to be a part of that network and, you know, looking for good things to come in the future. Uh, but you can find me personally at Mark reads comics on Twitter uh, you could, if you're interested in comics, you can go to our comic book Legion Twitter page, which is CB underscore Legion. And where can they find you, Jake? You can find me at Nerdgrounds, Beekeeper Jake on Twitter. Um, you, you know, I'm contributing for the Comic Book Legion website. You know, writing comic book reviews, putting great content up there. You know, happy to be a part of the Nerd Legion, like Mark said. So many different podcasts. You know, professional. I, I did see there was professional wrestling. You know, so that is the sports second sports podcast a couple different one you know we have um actually i actually feel bad because talking about fred i mean fred's got his indie show which is the indie alley he's also part of that legion hey good job man (laughs) sorry Fred. yes uh i'm just here i'm I'm here just here too busy bashing you about your lions uh fandom that's what you Uh, get for denouncing the team we no we didn't denounce you fred we love you fred we do. But with that being said, well, if you guys do want to go ahead and meet up with us or, you know, write us, you can write us personally on our page or let us know at FFLPod, which is our Fantasy Football Legion Twitter handle. And with that being said, we'll talk to you guys next week. See you. Have a good one. Bye.